Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Daniel. And in this episode, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more I'm gonna be better at talking than last time. In this episode, we are talking about the finale of the Grey Bastards. Uh, but but before we get to that, Lou, we we should address uh, that this episode is is gonna be a spooky episode. Luke, it's uh, it's the day for ghouls and goblins when this episode comes out, <laughs> and uh, so I figure we could do our listeners a little favor, kind of help them come up with the best or potentially worst couples Halloween costumes for right today, the day of frights and specters. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's good. Uh, and this coming out on Halloween night will be perfect to give them enough time to to actually develop their costumes. So. Yeah, 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 to put these intricate costumes together and really like get into the cosplay of it for sure. For right. sure. Right. Um right off the bat, I think a great couple's costume uh would be the ghost of James Potter and the ghost of Severus Snape. Oh. Just them. There okay. wouldn't be nobody else. Just the ghost of James Potter and the ghost of Severus Snape. Just to kind of, you know, as bros, talk it out. Oh, okay. So they would be, they'd be talking. It wouldn't be like a, a bit where they're like fighting the whole night. Uh, or maybe they realize that their true affections are for each other the whole time. Oh, so you could take this any which way. You could take this yeah. any which way, Luke. Yeah. The, I just, yeah, the those... good thing about this the good thing about this topic is that the the couple's costume can have any kind of interaction that you want. Right. Can be positive, can be negative. Well, okay, I do have one that has a very specific interaction. So okay. <laughs> So so the one that that I'm going to kind of lock you in if you choose this one is uh is our buddy George RR and his publicist. And the oh. way you have to play this, the way you have to play this costume is George has to go around the whole night promising people things he is definitely not going to fulfill and you have to take a shot every time he does it. <laughs> That's a really good one. Yeah. So like yeah. most of these you can, you know, you can take them wherever you want. But that one I'm going to say the only okay, the difficulty with that one is the publicist because I feel like a George R R costume is pretty easy because mm-hmm. he has a very signature look. Mm-hmm. Whereas like his publicist, you could, I mean, you could go out in like khakis and a and a button down. I feel like you've just got to have pages and pages and pages of George's oh, work, okay. just like in a random pile in your hands. And constantly be like holding it out to him, like, please just look at it. Look at it one more time. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I gotta work on something else. And you're like, George! Yeah. I feel have, like just have a thousand pens that you're trying to foist upon him. Yeah. Yeah. And just like loose papers that are constantly falling everywhere with okay. like ridiculous lines from the story. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe orcs? Question mark? Things like that. You know, maybe they throw orcs in there yeah, okay. in this one. Could be. 
Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. So I've got, I've got a couple. I, uh, I didn't have a lot of time to come up with these, so no judgment. But my, my, my first one that I've got, it's more of a, it's more of an antagonistic relationship. And, and that is Glockta and Stairs. Very antagonistic relationship here. Yeah. Yeah, and I that's think pretty you rough. could have you could have the stairs just like trying the whole night to drip to trip whoever Glockta is. Just constantly getting in front or behind him and like waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um I feel like you have to surprise Glockta with it though. Like this is a situation where you can't plan with somebody else to do this costume. You have to find somebody who's going as Glockta or like convince somebody to go as Glockta and tell them uh-huh. you're going to be somebody else like, "Oh, I'll be Logan or I'll be" and then you show up as stairs. So Glockta's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Damn yeah. it. And then you and then there's just like you you hopefully catch the look of despair on Glockta's face as mm-hmm. he sees the stairs. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that one. Speaking of speaking of kind of an antagonistic costume, and this is this is more of like a group costume. So maybe you have another couple that you are going to go to a party with and you want to each be a part of this one. Uh another Harry Potter one, you get the ghost of Lily and James Potter and the ghost of literally any other wizarding couple who were murdered by Voldemort trying to protect their kid but didn't love their kid enough to save him. And then one couple gets to constantly give parenting advice to the other couple the whole night. Okay. And the other Is couple it... gets to just like sulk about it. Mm-hmm. And like talk amongst themselves like who are they to think that they're better than us? Like we tried to. <laughs> I'm sick of this. That's a good yeah, that's a good one. And then maybe if you have a kid, you could throw the kid in there, too, as the kid that, like, Voldemort killed with no problem. And the kid could kind of be a little indignant about it. Like, yeah, Mom, why? How come I died? How come Harry Potter didn't die, but I died? That's a, that's a, yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough one for the kid to pull off. But, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a good option. Uh, okay, I have, I have one. That's like if you if you want to do a costume with someone that you um you just really appreciate. It's a very it's a very positive interaction here. Uh we've got Ned, Ned Stark, mm, and mm-hmm. a letter. <laughs> okay. All right. Ned lo- loves him some letters, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, okay. All it's, right. It's yeah, this one okay, so the 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 move would be like anytime you see something scary, mm-hmm. Ned shoves the letter in front of him to protect him. Ooh, I really like this. Yeah. So say you're going through a haunted house, and you know Ned gets a little, a little spooked by something that jumps out. He immediately has to grab mm-hmm. the letter, and I'm gonna say the letter is complaining the whole time, or at least the letter I, yeah, is like. I think so. Or at least the letter's like, hey, man, you know this isn't really going to do anything, right? Okay, all right, fine, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll go. Whatever. <laughs> the letter's really sassy the whole time. Yeah, yeah, definitely sassy. Um, and then at the end of the night, you have to open it, 
and it turns out it's just the James Potter Snape fan fiction that we we kind of hinted at at the very beginning of this mm-hmm. this hot take. Mm-hmm. So it, it really had no business existing in the first place, but you know we all like it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay uh, the la- last I one have I have one more. Ooh. Oh, go for it. Okay, I'm gonna go first. <clears throat> last one I have is a little throwback. It's a little Lord of the Rings action. So you could go as uh, one of the rabbits that Smeagol catches and eats. And then the other person could go as uh, the fish that Smeagol catches and eats <laughs> from the Forbidden Pool. So, <laughs> and just and just it's like only true fans together. are gonna get it. But is yeah, there you, is there a way to to make sure that this other people know? Or are there hints you can give to make it clear? It's this specific rabbit and fish rather than just a rabbit and fish? Uh, I feel like teeth marks could help. Teeth marks? Um, Maybe you could just have a sign around the fish's neck that's like property of the forbidden pool. And then the rabbit can just be like uh, tater, have taters. I don't know. Something with taters around it or. Sure. Yeah. 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 Taters taters is the way to go. Taters would work with the rabbit and then, yeah, with the fish, just like something about the pool being its house would be how you do that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a good one. That's a good one. Very obscure. Okay. My last one is um, for like the worst possible costume that anyone could ever do. Okay. And All that's right. uh, Quoth and Dinah from... Uh yeah I just, I just wanted to i because that's the worst possible couple in the history of the world so just wanted to just wanted to throw that out there for a thousandth time <laughs> yeah that's not tired at all um how would you how would you dress to distinguish those two or how would you act maybe maybe it's more of an well, act it's it's definitely an act uh quoth obviously has a fedora uh, and a guitar, and he he walks around with the guitar all party. Yeah, and they uh, they have really cringeworthy. They quote like poetry and cringe cringeworthy stuff to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone hates it. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Um, I mean, I think we've done a pretty good job. Honestly, I think we've hit the nail on the head with a lot of these. Uh, so I'm gonna say you're welcome. To our listeners just before we even get feedback on this but I, we i mean we'd love feedback so if you want to suggest any great couples fantasy halloween costumes send us a tweet mm-hmm. send us a tweet uh use the hashtag oh fantasy hashtag fantasy couples contest <sighs> yeah 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 that's it yeah hashtag fantasy couples contest uh i i'm curious if 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 people can come up with better ones if you if you choose to dress as any of our suggestions we'd love to see a picture of it uh Mm -hmm. i would it would probably make my whole year if somebody dressed as any of these suggestions so 
we'd love it so freaking much <laughs> uh yeah fantasy couples contest oh fantasy couples costume contest is that too that's, long that's, lo- that's wordy all right forget it fantasy couples contest get at us at dc to bc i'm excited okay let's talk about the book so as yes. mentioned we have finished the gray bastards mm-hmm. this last section this last section was also very fast-paced so this is this is something that keeps happening to me where i write down notes and then they're like obsolete by the time that we get around to talking about them all right so let's i mean i this is a definitely a segment so let's do luke's obsolete notes to start us off okay luke's obsolete notes uh first obsolete note is when at the beginning of this section when jackal learns that fetch is half elf and the sludge man is going to go back and murder her and jackal goes back to save her okay yes this is when i was like i don't really feel that much for fetch so so jackal going back to save her is weird to me and i didn't like it Uh uh-huh um but now it's like fetch is the greatest person of all time and i feel like an idiot right right like we should of course we should have trusted that fetch is cool the whole time and you know maybe there was something else going on that we just didn't know fair yeah. enough fair enough yeah that's actually who is that oh, that's kind of the only that's actually the only obsolete one i have okay boom that, that's good all right good for me okay uh on the on the same note though yeah yeah yeah, as yeah. that one so so we learn that fetch is half elf half orc mm-hmm. and warbler is like yeah how did you not guess this? She's like, really hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's not enough evidence. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. I know. I know. Well, my first thought then was like, does Jackal hear that and then look at Warbler and be like, hey, you know, like, I'm pretty hot. <laughs> does that mean? Yeah. I mean... I, and I, okay, so I think there's more to. I I think Warbler says more things like she's really hot, she's really good at fighting, that kind of stuff. Which yeah, it's like, like why do why do elves get a monopoly on hotness and fighting? That's that's BS. Also, like, <laughs> what if her mom was a was a really ugly elf, right? Or a really hot athletic human. Yeah, or it's here's not... the here's the thing we haven't considered a really hot orc. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, like th- what your point is so right with like why? How come hotness is just like are you an elf? Yes. Okay, you've got to be hot. Then there's no right, question. Not all elves can you're be hot. hot. I I don't. I and mean, okay. So even if even if all orcs are hot or <laughs> all elves are hot. There are hot humans. There are hot orcs. You know they've got to be, right? Yeah. This is bad reasoning here. Like, I really think this is why the half orcs, this is just adding to our evidence of why the half orcs don't run things because they jump to these conclusions that have no evidence behind them. 
We've seen it can from we, Can Jackal. we develop a... Th- I think we need to develop a theory that Jackal is also half-elf. Okay. Because as you I'm, mentioned, he's very hot. Right. Therefore. Uh, probably half-elf. Yeah. What are the other... What's the other evidence? He's good at fighting. He's good at fighting. Uh, what else do we need, I guess? Um, I mean... <laughs> He's got some kind okay, of magic but- abilities. <laughs> okay, bottom line for this is, I mean, okay, so I guess we're not in this world. So so maybe in this world, just all elves are hot. Sure. Let's pretend like that's the case. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's unfair. It's unfair. That's true. I think, okay, here's what I think is unfair. If all elves are hot and all orcs are ugly then it's unfair. Well, the other thing with this is that, like, I feel like attractiveness is is really specific, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you get, if you have someone that's half elf, half orc, yeah, I feel like you're going to get a mixture, right? Yeah, I feel like that's how it, yeah. Yeah, that it's, makes sense. It's not, it's, yeah. So you're going to get, like, beautiful elf eyes, and then this like horrible orc nose. I mean, <laughs> right? It's like anything. It's like it's like when you look at celebrities, right? And you take like these two beautiful celebrities, and then you look at what their kids look like. Those kids sometimes just don't. It didn't work out. Like when you mix those two things together, it's not. It's not good. It's not right. good. And that's fine. I mean, like, lots of people, that's the case, you know? Yeah. It's just, you gotta roll the dice, Luke. <laughs> Sometimes you roll snake eyes. <laughs> uh, I, guess it, I guess it worked out for Fetch. Good for her. Yeah, good for her, but, like, stop using it as evidence. <laughs> All right. We, since we're still, we're still kind of talking about the sludge man, though. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to think about why Jackal is sprinting on his hog across the lotlands from the marsh back to the kiln. Because he's trying to beat the sludge man to get to the kiln. How does the sludge man move where Jackal on a hog is like I'm there's no way I'm going to beat him here. There's no way. What kind of mo- what kind of emotion is the sludge man doing that transports him across this like desolate savanna right. quicker than a hog running full out. Okay, so so number 1. I think I think flat ground across the the main portion of the lotlands the hog is much faster, but the the portion that they're leaving the the old the maiden, maiden mm-hmm. the old maiden, the sludge man is much faster than the hog. Okay, sure. And and I think I think the I think the difference might be more on that one. Ah, uh, but it, okay, 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 okay. It doesn't take that long to get out of the marsh, right? Right. But it takes him like two days to get from the marsh to the kiln, right? 
Mm-hmm. Some, yeah, something like that. So, like, he's got to be going so fast, this sludge man. And I don't know what you pictured for the sludge man. I'm between Jabba the Hutt and a slug. Yeah, I am too. So, like, I'm just trying to think of how he is. Is he, like, spreading out? Is he just, like, doing what a slug does but really fast? (laughs) Which I think is a very funny thing to picture going across this, like, barren wasteland. Or is he like rolling up into a sonic ball and then Oh, that's what rolling? I, I Okay, yeah. I think I think the move you roll up into a ball and just roll. Right? Okay. I okay. I think that works great over flat ground. But there's like yes. ravines and gorges and gullies. I don't know. I don't know if that gets him there quick enough. Okay. I'm also picturing him drying out. I think I'm picturing too much of a slug in this case. Because I'm picturing him just kind of shriveling up in the sun. You're also not factoring in the the magic aspect of it. And keep in mind that this is like a, a magical slug thingy that doesn't that probably doesn't have to rest. Okay, yes. Yes. But Jackal doesn't either. At least he rests okay, a little bit. He does have to rest, but he doesn't like for very much. Right. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. And, okay, even if he's magic, he's not teleporting, right? Yeah. I will say, I think Jackal was overestimating his speed. He, I think that's true. Because because Jackal doesn't get there for like four days. Yeah. And then the Sludge Man gets there. <laughs> right. Right. Jack probably could have just been like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of, you know, I'll, I'll get, I'll get there. I'll get there eventually. You and me, Hearth, we're going to have a nice, a nice trot on this one. <laughs> the, the thing that I thought you were going to say about this uh-huh. is that, okay, so what's the, what's the sludge man's goal with fetch? He's going to, he's going to go kidnap her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know where you're And going he's going to bring now. her back to the maiden and sacrifice her there yes i feel like you just wait (laughs) okay okay you don't just wait because then you're in the sludge man's territory and he's got the advantage okay i think you do a little home alone kind of situation oh yes okay now you've got me on board so you're saying jackal is setting up some snares you know, maybe putting a few paint cans on limbs to swing down and putting, smack the sludge sprinkling, man. Sprinkling some salt wherever the sludge man oh. is going to come through. I think I think I might be with you on the slug thing a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But I think it no, could I'm work. I'm into that. I'm into that. Let's get some salt. Maybe you just burn down the marsh while he's gone. Mm. You know, it seems like it's, you know, fairly dry area. Maybe you just start a really big fire and then he gets back and, oh, look, it's already gone. So (laughs) I guess you should just go. Yeah. This is a great point. I hadn't even thought of that. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, Jackal's not the most. He's, He's kind of impulsive, right? He is very impulsive. Yes. Um. 
All right, I'm going to I'm going to move us on a little bit. Mhm. Take us to to Strava where oh, they have yeah. their centaur fight. Mhm. Before before that though. I There's a scene with Oats again. Uh-huh. And it's just like Oats you're Oats is the most likable character <laughs> of all time. Hands down. I'm going to say. Well, I, I don't even think that's a hot take. It's between Oats uh Oats and Ugfuck, I think together, okay, are like the best. But but yeah. tell me about Oats. Tell me about this moment okay. with Oats. <laughs> the the specific moment that I'm talking about is Oats. Oats surprises Jackal at Strava, uh-huh. and I don't remember quite the context, but Ugfuck is there too, and one of the other half orcs is like, "Damn, that's an ugly hog." And and this is quote says isn't he or okay no this this is the quotes the quote from the book isn't he oats beamed yeah <laughs> which so like oats just oats is loving oats is loving Ugpuck. he's proud of him mm-hmm. he's he's beaming at Ugpuck being called ugly <laughs> that's I just love oats. <laughs> Yeah, Oats and Ugfuck's relationship is probably my favorite relationship in the whole book. Um, and how, I don't remember what exactly the context is, but Jackal says something to Oats while he's riding away on Ugfuck, and Ugfuck lets out like a giant fart, and Jackal's pretty sure that Oats taught him to do that, which I think is just the best. Can you imagine that that little training sequence? <laughs> I want a training montage of that. <laughs> Just like, all right, I got some baked beans for you, Ugfuck. Here's what I want you to do. Either that or it's not a train thing and he just has to squeeze on his like belly a little bit and there's just a constant reserve of gas in there. <laughs> he kind of clicks his heels together and just the pressure releases a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Either one, either one, but okay. Back to Strava. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so my note on this is the aftermath of the fight. Okay, and that is they 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 go through this this crazy fight where the half orcs like save the day. Yes. Right. Yeah. Basically, basically under Jackal's leadership, mm-hmm. and like everyone is cheering jackal hailing him as like the some god i'm assuming that they 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 know that he has the arm of whatever yeah, yeah. but like do the other half works not get any credit <laughs> right yeah because i mean jackal was the leader mm-hmm. and i feel like i you know he did some crazy things like went back to save one of the half orcs uh probably killed at least as much as another half orc if not more mm-hmm. but i feel like he can't have been that much better than some of the other ones i don't think mm, it's hard to tell right because i mean he's definitely like putting himself in harm's way which okay is kind of cheating if we're being honest because it's right. not like he's so- He's not like he's actually that brave because he's pretty sure he's not going to die. 
So really all he's doing is like charging in and hoping the half orcs who aren't gonna who like could die from this will follow him into this bloodbath that he's pretty sure he'll be okay as long as you know they don't just like rip him apart right but like i feel like these other half orcs are way braver than him because he doesn't think he's gonna die i don't think and he know i mean he knows that he's gonna heal exactly if he gets some injury i i'm i'm okay with jackal being like mvp Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm i just want i just want more acknowledgements all around Right, we need a rookie of the year. We need um six man of the year. Thank you, Luke, with the sports. Yeah, yeah all of these. We yeah, we need more like, awards. I think that's so true. Defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Jacko can mm-hmm. get MVP, but I want I want other people getting acknowledgments too. Is the we need other, we need props. We do need other props for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Okay. And then uh, go ahead. Okay. I want to stay on Strava. Yeah. Okay. Strava, their their defensive strategy. The only thing that they really have to defend against are the centaurs coming through. Right? There aren't really that many orcs, and I don't think the orcs really like do anything to them. So the thing that they defend against are the centaurs. And when the centaurs come through. They're like an unthinking, bloodthirsty mob of just death. Why can't they just... All right, here's my solution for them, okay? And they're already part of the way there. You've got your little houses underground, okay? Make more of those and then kind of conceal them so it's not really clear where they are. Okay, that's part one. Part two, start just raising cattle, you know, turn it. You've already got the cowboys running around, raise a bunch of cattle, a huge herd of cattle. And then when the centaurs are coming, just kind of let the cows run. And they're your distraction because these centaurs like want to rape and murder anything. And so if you just have like a herd of cows that you can have run away Centaurs are for sure going to follow those cows. (laughs) They're going to be like, finally, a worthy opponent for me to rape and or murder. Okay. So, okay. So I think your underlying point is very good. I don't know if I would choose the particular strategy that you did. Uh Uh-huh. But I will say, it seems as though for Strava... The the most important and most likely threat to them is centaurs during this betrayer moon. Yes. I feel like you could specify your defense a little bit better to them. Oh, to centaurs. Right. Right. To centaurs or the fact that they just, they all come one night every I don't know how often it is, but... Right. So what are some, like, centaur-specific defenses you set up? Like, you put some, like, cattle guards around your... Some around cattle your guards, some, some, some potholes. Oh, you're going to break a leg for sure, one of those centaurs. Yeah, yeah. 
No that's, way you're getting uh, through. That's got to be a lot of potholes, though, Lou, because eventually you just get <laughs> piles of horse, of centaur that they run over, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't, I don't quite have a good, a good feeling on what Strava looks like other than like a big, a, a kind of castle on the hill and then like village at the bottom of the hill mm-hmm. is, is my current. Yeah, I think that's what I fair. currently picture. Uh huh. I mean, I. Oh, here's an idea. I don't here's have an idea. In mind. Okay. You just always have a mm, like a clothesline around the perimeter of Strava that is that is higher than any hog rider would be. And you just tell your cowboys, like, hey, when you're going under the clothesline, just get off and walk and then get back on and go. But if a centaur comes through, oh, they're getting yanked on that thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Just You just need one. And you can even use it as, like, a clothesline, you know? Hang stuff up to dry. And then the betrayer moon comes. It's like, okay, get all the dish towels down. The centaurs are going to get just destroyed by this thing. Because they're too tall. Well, I mean, you could also just you could also just raise that because you have they have warning, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a have you don't even need a wall. You don't even need a wall around this village. You need a really long clothesline. And then, I mean, the first three centaurs hit that, and they get kind of like, oh, you know, they hit their neck a little bit. Oh, oh. Well, okay. I'm thinking you go. I'm thinking you go low, actually. Oh. Yeah, but then everybody's going to have to, oh, I got to hop over. Okay, okay. so you're saying it only gets put up at the Betrayer, and it's low, so you kind of make the horses fall and hit their face in the dirt, and then all the other centaurs like laugh at them for how stupid they looked, and they're like, ah, all right, I guess it's not even worth it. No, I think, I think, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I think the centaurs are, are so so crazy that they don't they don't recognize that they should be like jumping over this but Uh if they do you got a second line so it's a little bit higher 10 yards deeper okay all right it's a little bit higher so you're saying so so that when they so they (laughs) they jump over the first one and then they're like okay oh i see another one i should jump over that one too but they don't jump high enough and then they still end up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah this sounds like a really practical defensive strategy <laughs> i can't believe they it's never better than what this. they're doing now <laughs> now currently currently they're like okay guys on horses go shoot arrows <laughs> orcs on horses run through the village <laughs> whenever you see some kill up <laughs> what are we doing come up with something else <laughs> Maybe my plan's not perfect, but it took like five minutes to come up with. <laughs> They've had like 30 years. This is <laughs> this is a great point, actually. <laughs> the other thing I wonder about is how come a wall wouldn't work? So the big problem with a wall is people can climb up it. <laughs> These horses are not climbing a wall. They're not building right. ladders to then clop up. 30 feet vertically. No. 
My 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 thoughts were that the wall was a was a resource was resource limited. So they didn't have like the stone to build a wall. I guess. I don't know. That's just That's what I a poor excuse. That's such a I, poor excuse. I agree with you. Yeah. <sighs> Here's another thing. You you only need it to stand for a, a, a night. For one night. One night. And and so like think about this. Oh, it's only gonna be one night. Literally at dawn, they turn and run away. Right? It's not even like if there's still a fight going on, they're gonna keep going. They're leaving at dawn. Just build a big fire ring. Ooh. So, like, the kiln took it a little too far, where they were like, we need to always be able to do this. Which I guess there are Uh orcs that could be a problem. But, like, just have a bunch of wood in a ring around your place. Betrayer Moon's coming. All right, time to light the fire. It burns for one night only. They have a okay. I I see what you mean. Here's my. I think that that could go wrong though. I think that could backfire. And here's how: the centaurs are like crazy. Oh, and yeah, they don't they don't yeah. care that much about pain. So I could see them risking and jumping through there. All of a sudden, you've got flaming crazy centaurs running around. <laughs> okay, yeah, you don't want flaming centaurs coming through. No. Yeah. Okay. 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 Bad idea. I'll I'll own that one. That's a bad idea. But we've given so many suggestions here today. So many suggestions. For like the easiest improvements. These are all DIY improvements to Strava that like anybody could do. And and here's the thing about this. This was this was my note. They they lost so many people in this raid, right? Mm-hmm. Strava did. Yeah. And it seemed like the centaurs were almost going to overrun them mm-hmm. had the orcs not had their heroic charge mm-hmm. and then uh what's his name zirko or something the the priest zirko yeah the high priest like, mm-hmm. they lost more people in this raid than they lost more people in this raid than some raids but less than most which means that most raids are worse than this one how are you and they're it using just, the same strategy. They're using the it sounds like they've used this strategy every time and they're still just doing the same thing. Come on. Right. What? Get some get some get some half work, crazy creativity and complicate that stuff up a little more. A little bit. Yeah. I want a middle ground. I want Don't. a middle ground between you two. Uh, we need it they need it uh, mm-hmm. maybe they're just they're just so blinded by their devotion to this to this god which literally everyone should be ascribing to by the way right uh <laughs> based on the evidence we've seen from jackal but anyway i think they're just so into their prayers and their chanting that they they didn't have time to you know put up a wall they're too busy with Mm. things of the spirit and they're neglecting things of the body okay yeah which like i mean seems like it's still working out for them sort of but tell that to all the dead raped halflings (laughs) yeah they 
Okay. They're, prob- they're probably let's, not too happy about it. They're probably not too happy. Okay. Let's let's move on. I have oh, I actually have something else to get about fetch again. Okay. And that's when we learn that she had actually been blackmailed. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of thought that it was very uh, okay, so I, I understand that this was the overarching thing of the story. I get that. Yeah. The blackmail thing. I thought it was kind of cool that she that she had voted against Jackal. Like I thought it, I thought it was a very cool like surprising oh, Fetch has interesting motivations. And mm. and again, mm-hmm. I understand. I understand we needed to go this route for the story. I was just kind of bummed. I thought that, I thought because I thought the original original betrayal was really interesting and cool. Right. Like like she wasn't just Jackal's friend and going to do whatever the three of them wanted to do. She had kind of her own independent motives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then it turns out well, it doesn't turn out it doesn't turn out that she doesn't have her own. Right. I just and I don't I it's this isn't a criticism <laughs> at all. I just, I thought the betrayal was really well done and very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, I so and then I guess I, I, th- I thought the 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 change was un was was I was bummed about it because it negated the interesting part, but I was also hyped about it because it the rest of the story was very good. Yes, and it kind of brought so, that like team back together that I'm into. Like I'm very into the the three amigos, fetch oats, jackal, right? Right. I think honestly, the the potentially independent motives that jackal had, or that fetch had, sold it to me a lot more, because I would have been very skeptical of this if ja- if fetch hadn't presented a pretty good argument for why she threw against jackal. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I right. I kind of like it because even though it was something that, you know, without her explanation, this is what I would have assumed. Like I would have assumed she was being blackmailed by Crafty until she confronts Jackal about it. Um, that confrontation convinced me that she was doing something independently, which I thought was pretty cool. That it actually was what I would have originally guessed. But just like oh, Fetch is pretty clever. I think is the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's an elf. (laughs) Oh, right. Of course. Of course. It's obvious. Uh, The other thing. uh, Okay. Something else that kind of bugged me was I talked a little bit about how Jackal, I was hoping Jackal would grow and realize that he shouldn't be jumping to conclusions without a lot of evidence and he should be like kind of thinking things through a little bit more he does in some respects so at at the very end right we'll give it to jackal i'm kind of proud of jackal he's like i shouldn't be the chief and here's why good job jackal i think that was the right move We're proud of you but when he's at strava and he sees orcs coming through he immediately says, oh, yeah, that's Crafty. Crafty brought all the orcs in here. He's trying to take over. I know it for sure. That's what's going on. It's Crafty. Let's go deal with him. And he was right, 
But it was still a guess. He had no idea if it was crafty. He's still guessing that it's crafty. And this is like a new thing that he didn't even think was going to be what Crafty's plan was. Originally, he thought Crafty's plan was to use Claymaster and the Plague to take control of Hispartha. And then he sees Orcs and he's immediately like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the Orcs. It wasn't the Plague thing. That I'll take the L on that one. It's the Orcs. I know that for sure. This is Crafty. Come on, Jackal. Jackal, Jackal, like, he knows that there's weird stuff happening, but he just, he, he, and he keeps trying to fit it together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he, he never quite gets it. Never quite gets it. Yeah. Well, yeah. At the end, he gets pretty close. Yeah. But it's still a guess. It doesn't. And I, and I will say he's, we see him and the rest of of the gang being completely against crafty and the claymaster and this plan Mm -hmm. which i think is is fair relatively fair right but they also don't listen to claymaster makes a good point where he's like okay but and then what yeah yeah and they're just like well whatever 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 i know we need to stop this i know this is what we brought up last episode I think we brought this up last episode with like, what are what is their plan when they take mm-hmm. over from Claymaster? They need the plague. The plague is like the only thing that's keeping everything stable. What right. are they gonna do otherwise? Yeah. So I I don't. I mean, I guess it's okay. It's okay to completely disagree with Crafty and Claymaster's plan and that kind of thing. Yeah. But you need an alternative. You know. Exactly. Exactly. It's like. It's like you can't you can't go on like a years long crusade against like I don't know say say the healthcare system for example sure sure just as an with, example without yeah. like without like an idea of what you're going to do without in like in the absence of it you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. like people are still going to need healthcare you can't just be like all right I guess we just don't have this anymore no. Like, I don't like this plan. You, we'll figure something out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You can't just wing it. <laughs> yeah, this Jackal. <laughs> oh, um, man. Okay, but I, I, I will say, I think that everyone's kind of winging it. Like, I think even Crafty's winging it a little bit. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Crafty's like... We have to get this plague into a thrice. Uh-huh. Because like, you know, we want it to be we want it to be more effective against orcs. Yeah. And like obviously it might kill some humans, but it'll be worse against orcs than against humans. And that will happen if it's in a thrice. Yeah. Did you do some fucking like clinical studies for this or what? Like <laughs> where are you getting this theory? That's not how that works. <laughs> like it's the same play right <laughs> yeah but what dude, is it, it like turning into bird flu when you put it into the thrice look it, it's obviously turning into swine flu all right that was the more obvious route because we've got the hogs yeah. in there okay good point but 
Ah, uh, yeah. I you know how you know how illness works, Lou. Is you just if it's in somebody's body, it adapts to that person's body, and so other people who are like that person can uh, also get sick from it. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just how evolution works. Uh, I'm surprised I have to explain this to you. But. I mean, okay, so I think I think it, it's let's say let's say it could be true. Crafty's theory could be true. Uh-huh. Where if the person carrying the plague is a thrice, then like three fourths of the effects will be against orcs and one fourth will be against humans. Yep. That's that's possible. But I'm gonna. I want to see some studies that you did to know that. You, I, you. That's that can't just be like a back of the envelope calculation, where you're like, okay, thrice has like three times the orc blood. Uh, I want. I want you Luke, to test it out a little. We also found out though that blood apparently is a is a powerful thing, right? Because fetch, in order to go into the sludge man. They just cut fetch a bunch. Okay, but that was that, okay, that, I guess that worked. <laughs> yeah. But that was also a theory. That was also a random theory. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, 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 okay. But let's go back to the thrice thing. Because if this is true and it works in the way that we think that like oh, a thrice has 3 quarters of orc blood. I don't remember if this is addressed in the book. But are thrice always male half-orcs? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And a thrice comes from a half-orc woman with a full-orc man, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Luke, if I'm a human wizard and Crafty can do this calculation on the back of an envelope, if I'm a human wizard, I'm going to say... Get me like a quintice or uh, get me a tenice, just like the most orcish half orc I can find. Right. And let's put the plague in that. I'm not going to I'm not going to say put the plague in a 50 50 mix of the two. I'm going to say, give me the most orcish one. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it or is it that hard to get to get an orc? Like okay, I'm. They have to do it willingly. I assume. I think you. I think you try to recruit at least a little bit. They recruit you know? an orc to be a plague yeah. bear. Yeah. How do you recruit that orc? Ah, oh, that's a good point. Okay. How are you like? Hey, come here, Ugsen. We're gonna <laughs> take this terribly painful plague and put it in your body so that you kill all your friends and family. And, okay, fair and enough. And like, what do I get out of it? <laughs> I don't know. We'll give you some, like, roast meat, you idiot. You're going to be, like, you're pretty miserable for most of your life, but <laughs> here's a hog. But you're, <laughs> yeah, here's a hog. <laughs> uh, I think, and Luke, this, you're, mm, mm. I think you're coming from a place that you're buying into the propaganda about orcs still. And I'm going to come back at you. 
Because we've got more evidence that the orcs aren't just idiots. Because we find out they have like very strategic battle plan. They're going to send out these scouting raids to see if then they should come with the main force of orcs. Where's this main force going to come from? It's got to come across the water. They definitely have boats. They're not making everybody swim. Okay? (laughs) They for sure have boats to get 40,000 orcs across, or they're building a bridge, or there's some, there is some large-scale engineering project that they're undertaking to move 40,000 orcs across a small channel. Okay? You don't just make everybody swim. That's insane. Right. Okay, I I kind of forget. Is there... Is that literally the only way across or is it like the other way across is are guarded by half orcs or something like that? Pretty sure that's literally, literally the, only, the only way across. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's the other yeah. thing, Luke. The orcs, they're sneaky. Okay. They plan this strategic route to avoid certain paths. Okay. They've got some great battle tactics and they have tools like they're using tools that are not just stone tools they they have like scimitars and spears somebody made those they're not just they don't just find those in the woods these orcs are not idiots stop it yeah okay definitely definitely propaganda going on yeah i mean i'm, I'm just so sick of it luke and what so I mean, okay, definitely what Crafty did is a war crime, right? Crafty took a dead orc, nailed it on top of this ramp, and has it scream whenever orcs come by. That's a war crime for sure, Crafty. Okay? So, like, there's some justification there for the orcs being like, actually, we should kill that guy. Right. Maybe they're coming to, maybe they're coming to find Crafty and put him on trial. They have like a I mean, system of they... they have a system of law in their country and they're seeking to put him in front of a judge to atone or to, you know, help be held accountable for his crimes against the orcs. Sure, sure. I mean, I will say I think it's I think it's kind of confirmed at this point that they were they got the plan kind of from him, right? Who confirmed by who? Uh Okay. Mhm. Oh man. Right, Jackal's jumping to conclusions here, and Crafty probably wants to make it seem like he's in control. Sure, he'll take the credit. But in reality, he's like, oh, wait, there are orcs out there? Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. They're coming to get me. (laughs) Sure. I mean... I, I I, I think we're getting into the realm of some conspiracy theories... And that's and that's fair. We are a conspiracy theory podcast, <laughs> as I've always said. Um, right. Join us next but, week for our Area Fifty One episode. <laughs> but to your main point, totally orcs are totally getting totally getting propagandized. That's how I'm going to phrase that. Big um, time. Big time propagandized. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, I, I should say this though. Uh they're probably not good. Like I don't want to come out on the side of the orcs in this. Right, cause because they rape everyone. Apparently they rape everyone. And that's like why there's everyone. all these half orcs everywhere. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm going to say they're probably not good, but we need to stop propagandizing them because well you got to know you got to know your you enemy you got to know your yeah. enemy that's right that's right Luke. It's, it's not helpful to anyone to to underestimate the orcs mm-hmm. no no <laughs> okay the scene the scene with the kiln blowing up yes great action movie oh there's explosions get michael bay on this thing uh-huh, uh-huh. michael You've bay got, like, green fire mm-hmm Explosions, explosions everywhere. everywhere heroic heroic escape epic showdown with the clay master yeah mm-hmm. a, oh, just the best hog well okay not the best hog we know who the best hog is it's Ugfuck. but mm-hmm. a trusty hog tragic yeah. death of the hog did you was it just me or did you also get pretty sad when hearth died and not really sad when anyone else died yeah oh yeah oh yeah I wrote down a note that basically said how sad I was about Hearth, but no one else. <laughs> right. Uh, also, I, I just need to, like, the only hog that survived them attacking the orcs was Ugfuck. And to be honest, I was so relieved. Uh-huh. I yeah. wouldn't have cared if literally every orc died, half orc died, except Ugfuck and Oats. And the, so the fact that Ugfuck made it out, I was just oh, so relieved. So relieved. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, with that, that that scene, let's talk about that scene mm-hmm. where they attack the like I think it's like three thousand orcs. Three hundred orcs. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Three hundred orcs. Okay. They attack three hundred orcs. Um, and it's like nine of them. It's originally just a couple of them. Becomes all of them, or all but one of them, slivers. I think is his name. Yeah. Is the the half orc that's like, I'm not doing that. He also did this at Strava. And everyone's kind of making fun of him for being a coward. Which I, I mm-hmm. get why they're saying that. But I also feel like it's kind of reasonable, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, here's the thing. Here's here's the here's the thing that I'm trying to say. All of the things that that they do that slivers does not do are like crazy heroic right but Mm -hmm. slivers is like yeah i'm not gonna do that you guys are all gonna die i don't really have a horse in this fight so i'm gonna just leave which i it's definitely like it's kind of it's you could say it's cowardly but i don't know if you can be quite disgusted by it because you need somewhere you can't staying and fi- fighting can't be like the most the most courageous thing you can do, and then like any other option is crazy cowardly, right? There's there needs to be a middle ground. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially when yeah, as you said, Slivers doesn't have a hog in this race. Slivers is a free rider. Okay, the fact that he's willing to do anything is like pretty good. Which, okay, which Jackal acknowledges. He's like, thanks for helping right. out with this. So, d- like, why are you expecting him to sacrifice his life for something that it, it seems pretty clear everyone's going to die from these things that you're asking him to do? Why is it like, oh, you're the biggest coward in the world if you don't do this? It's That's yeah. ridiculous. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean... 
we're no better than the orcs if we're doing that, right? <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to say. Big dumb idiot orcs. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, speaking of cowardly though, I uh, I feel like half orc culture needs a needs a needs a change. And we talked about this a little bit last episode with Jackal contemplating raping the time girl to fit in with half orc culture. Okay, definitely need a bit of an HR consult there. Mm-hmm. But they treat the slops so bad. Oh yeah. And in this section, it really was apparent how bad they treat the slops because it's not just a good-natured prank or two that they pull on them and they don't just make them do push-ups. But uh, a few of them died when the orc came in and killed people. And Jackal was like, I don't even remember their names. I didn't even learn their names. (laughs) And then this one, who's like helping me out, I don't know his name at all. This guy loves me. I have no idea what his name is. And there's like, okay, there's like 30 of them total in the kiln. And you've probably lived with them for several years every day in close proximity. Okay. When I was TAing like a lab section, I had 50 students that I saw once a week. I had their names by like the fourth week. Okay. Like... That is so easy. Right. Otherwise, what do you do when you want to address just one of them from a distance? What what do you You say? Hey, slophead. And then like 40 people turn around. (laughs) Oh, no, that one right there that I'm pointing at. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yes. Good point. And I don't quite know. It doesn't seem... Like a, like a, there's a good reason for them to treat them like that. Like I, I would totally get some like good natured pranking and that kind of stuff, uh, making fun of them if they're like actually looking out for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't get what they benefit from like soup completely disregarding them. It seems like you would actually benefit from the opposite. Right. Right. I also wonder if, like, they know the little toddler orc names, right? Jackal At least, mentions okay, our main group does. Yeah. So d- did they just forget when they turned into slopheads? <laughs> like, did all the slopheads, do they all look the same? Maybe all the slopheads look the same. And so you just can't attach a name with a face anymore because otherwise i I mean you knew them when they were like little kids and you knew their names then i'm assuming it's like an intentional they intentionally forget their names oh that's no that's so bad (laughs) that's terrible yeah if i'm a slop head i'm killing them all yeah i mean this is I, 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 it seems like that's the case for all of them, right? All of the, all of the hoofs. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because the, because some slopheads end up sit, end up staying at the other one. Mm-hmm. And if they're like nicer to them there, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you should. 
Right. They've got way more perks to offer you at that one. They have healthcare covered by the company. Healthcare covered by the company. It's like maybe it's not quite as prestigious, but do you really care that much? You know? Yeah. It's not worth it, guys. I just, I think the Slopheads need a union. I mean, maybe maybe Fetch will turn it around. They have been under leader, one person's leadership the whole time. It's a good point. It's a good point. But Luke, I think we're wrong. I think we're wrong to count on the one percent to turn things around for the ninety-nine percent. Oh, so you you think they need like a a popular uprising? Yeah, yeah, or at least a unionizing movement or something, because. Mm-hmm. it's not it's not good well i mean you i feel like you could e- you could easily do this okay like hey we're not gonna take care of your hogs unless you give me health insurance and then <laughs> or unless you know my name <laughs> and then you get put Let's in the headlock <laughs> yeah oh yeah i feel like it wouldn't be hard at all it wouldn't be hard at all because they need the slop heads. This is a mutual relationship that they have. Okay. There needs to be some respect. Yeah. Well, Luke, you know, maybe, you know, this is only the first book, right? True. Maybe in True Bastards, we get a culture change. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Me too, Luke. Uh, but, but but before we get there, we should probably mention what we have coming up next week. Yeah, we also we also need to give uh, thoughts on the book. Oh, no? thoughts on the book! I almost forgot. I almost forgot thoughts on the book, Dan. You can't forget thoughts, thoughts on the book. On the book. Okay. Uh, I think you started last time. Uh, yes, I think so. Okay, I'll start. Surprise! I really like this book. Um. I felt like the first half, like the first third was a lot of exposition. It was pretty slow, uh, but did a great job of tying us into our three amigos, you know, Fetch Oats and Jackal, Squad for Life. And the last two thirds were so action packed. It was just like thing after thing after thing happening. Never a dull moment. Um... And I I really liked how Jackal is definitely our main character, but he definitely wasn't my favorite character, right? We like Jackal, and we get Jackal's perspective, but I, I liked that my favorite characters were like Oats, or I really liked Hoodwink. I was going to say I was very intrigued by Hoodwink. Okay, really like Hoodwink. His motives are fascinating to me. Um, And I, you know, the world that's been set up is really interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. There is this problem that I don't know how, I still don't know how they're going to solve the issue of the plague, right? That to me is the biggest issue um, that I'm intrigued to see what happens going forward with that. Because it seems like we're on this, we're in this perilous state in the book. That has yet to be resolved. So I'm I'm very intrigued for future future stories in this world. Um, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I I I loved this book actually. Um, 
And that's probably, I mean, a lot of the things you already said already, uh, very fast paced for at least the, for at least the last two thirds, which I, I really liked. It was like hard to put down. Uh, I, I made sure that I, I only started reading like two or three days before we recorded because I knew that I would finish it too fast. Um, and also the, I think the, the characters are much, are very, some of them are very likable. They're, they're very easy to like care about, I think, you know, um, like I think I think my criticism of the last book we did, Jade City, was that I didn't I didn't quite connect with the characters as much. This one, Oats, most likable most likable character, history of literature literature is my take. <laughs> That's bold. I'm not it's gonna bold. disagree with you here though. <laughs> and um a lot of the characters had very interesting motivations. Hoodwink we mentioned fetch for a while i think fetch still does have interesting motivations um uh but and and also it was a very it was a very fun book you know yeah yeah loved the loved the lingo uh it was very um very very pg-13 r i was definitely (laughs) r-rated lou (laughs) yeah um but i don't know i yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good book. Great story. And it's a good thing we liked it, Luke. Because next week, right here on the show, we're talking to Jonathan French, the author of The Great Bastards and True Bastards, which just came out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, and I have some questions for him. That's right. So, listeners... If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask Jonathan, go ahead and tweet at us uh, at DC at BC. You could also send us an email, uh, Dan at don't call it a book club.com. Or, or Luke at don't call it a book club.com. That's also fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, I'm, I'm intrigued to see uh, how Jonathan responds to some of our games. Luke. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be fun. And then, so, and after that, so next week will be that episode. The following week, we will be reading the second book of, I believe it's called The Raveling Series by Alec Hudson. The first book was The Crimson Queen, which we did on this show. Which we did on this show. <laughs> what was that? Okay. <laughs> The first book was The Crimson Queen that we did on this show, and we talked to Alec. Check out those episodes, read The Crimson Queen, and read or start reading The Silver Sorceress for the next book-related episode. Right. So that's going to come out in two weeks, not next week. So it'll give you plenty of time, you know, catch up, maybe read another book on your list that you've been, you know, haven't had the time for. Oh yeah. Maybe do what I've been doing, check out the Cradle series. It's a little oh, free plug oh, there. <laughs> but definitely definitely read The Silver Sorceress and Crimson Queen if you haven't. Definitely tweet us or email us with questions for Jonathan. And definitely get ready for hot takes. And you know what? Even you could act like a dumb nerd. <laughs> <laughs>